Hello and greetings, podcast listeners, spiritual seekers, pilgrims on the path of no path. Welcome. Thank you for joining me, sharing this time to explore the deeper questions in life like, who am I? What am I doing here? What's this all about? First of all, I would like to give a quick thank you to the patrons of A Quiet Mind who are making this podcast possible. Thank you so much for your continued support. And I wanted to invite those of you who are listening right now. You can support the podcast too by visiting patreon.com forward slash a quiet mind. There you will find different tiers and levels where you can support the podcast. And I just uploaded one of our first bonus podcasts there that I'll be doing every month. So last time we spoke on the podcast, I was discussing some of the difficulties that I experience as what one could call a long-time meditator and being very transparent with you and telling you, I still have difficulties at times when I sit down to meditate. I will at times experience what I would call a very busy mind. And this is a This is a very common thing that happens when we sit down to meditate, and I'll tell you why. The reason that our mind may get busy when we sit down to meditate is because now we're not focused on anything else but just sitting quietly somewhere in our room, in our chair, on our meditation cushion, wherever it may be. Some people like to meditate right before they go to bed, too. If any of you have experienced this point where now you have an attack of the mind, you're not alone. And what I mean by that is this time where we're no longer distracted by anything else in our life. Distractions can be just the fact that, you know, we're at work. We have to wait on tables. We don't have time really to think about our life, think about our past, think about our goals, our worries our traumas. We don't have time to think about any of that when we're working or maybe we're taking care of children or simply just doing stuff around the house. Doesn't matter what it is. Maybe we're at school and we're busy with schoolwork. So when we sit down to meditate, all of a sudden there's this gap of activity and right away what we may be confronted with is all of our issues and the and, And they can be all different kinds of issues. They can be personal issues. They can be body issues. They can be issues with our past, our relationships, our job. Whatever those relationships are, we can be overwhelmed at that time when we go to sit where there's literally a wave of thoughts that just pummel us. What we talked about doing was being aware of those thoughts and utilizing, focusing on the breath as one of those tips to be able to allow ourselves to calm, allow the body to calm. And I want to tell you, even though you're using these tips, you're still going to be experiencing all of those things that I've been outlining, which include boredom and restlessness, and maybe even 
getting to a point of where you just absolutely can't do it. You have to give up and you don't even know why. But you have to stop trying. So you're not alone. And one great tip is that focusing on the breath. And another great tip is this. Shorten your time when you're beginning. When you're just a beginner, don't think that you're going to be able to sit there for 40 minutes. Give yourself five minutes or three minutes, whatever it is. As long as you can make that commitment to say, I'm going to go and practice this particular thing. The other thing is, don't make it too special, like it's some kind of special event. And the only reason that I'm bringing this up is sometimes there's a tendency that I have seen where meditators will put themselves on a pedestal over others. Like, I'm in here meditating, and she's out there. She is watching television. So don't put yourself on a pedestal. Don't make it so much of a big deal that you're going to meditate. And I can picture you there going to sit down, and maybe you have an area, and we've talked about this before, and that might help you to focus too. If you have a special area to go and sit and meditate, maybe you have a picture there or a little flower vase. Maybe you have a little bell like I have or an incense holder or a beautiful crystal or a rock. It doesn't matter what it is. And it can be tiny. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be over the top. It doesn't have to be anything at all. What I'm just trying to show you here is don't be afraid to try many different things that can help you be able to make that commitment with yourself to go and actually sit. And what I do is, like I said in the last podcast, is when resistance comes up, I don't try to fight against the resistance of my mind. Rather, what I do is I will just allow it to be. I'll just let the chatter be there, let all of the negative naysaying be there. And then I will reach a point where I say, let's go ahead and do it anyway. And I'm lucky enough where I have a dedicated space, but that moves from time to time because right now my space that I'm talking to you in right now is filled full of the recording equipment for the podcast, the editing equipment, and it's also filled full of a whole bunch of art supplies. It is just crazy stuffed with all kinds of things. So you might think, well, this is not the greatest place to meditate. And that is true. Sometimes for people, what we have to have is we have to have order in the space where we're going to go and sit. I don't try to change any of that. Because this isn't a practice that is designed to be always done in a place of absolute silence and perfection. Of course, we, we want to have that because in that time where we can become very quiet, very still, introspective, those are times for self-discovery. And that's a good point to bring up, is self-discovery. But before I go on to that, let me say this. This is something that is not to be done 
in a tiny little room or a temple or a church or wherever you go, and then not to be, quote unquote, practiced while you're out in traffic, at the line at the grocery store, at work, at school, wherever you are. That that practice and the thing that you're doing in that specific time with that maybe purpose-built space is a is a unique opportunity to be able to focus on mind production, <laughs> the habits of the mind, and watching the mind, watching yourself and how you respond to the things that arise in your mind. And the purpose-built places are great. I think they're wonderful. But don't let that stop you from trying and just try to do your best with whatever it is you have. And remember, if you're doing it with your eyes open, you're really getting yourself prepared for bringing that into the real, quote-unquote, real world as a real-world operator. And without going too much into technique or benefits of that, one could say naturally that then we're not really making a big deal out of the space that we're doing it in. And then the chore, it becomes the chore to go in there, sit down, and make yourself do that. It's just about overcoming the obstacles that arise that come from uh, places inside of ourselves where we want to avoid possibly sitting with ourselves because sometimes that's not very easy. Some of us, myself included, have experienced some traumatic things in our lives or we've done things that we're not proud of. And to sit down and stare at a wall in a room all by yourself, let me tell you right now, I just want to say, without puffing it up too much, good for you. This is a courageous thing that you have decided that you're going to bring into your life, your life practice, the path of no path. So what is significant about being a meditator as opposed to not being a meditator? Like I said, we don't want to puff ourselves up too much. We don't want to become prideful over our practice that we were able to do it and that we are going to be the receiver of the Buddha Button of the Year Award because we meditated every day, never missing a day. We came in, we sat down, we did it, and wow, look at us. Now, you may think, then what's the point? <laughs> exactly, what is the point? There may be actually no point in doing this, but... Here you are listening to this podcast to a guy that's been doing it for uh, about 30 years or so. So I'm assuming that you're interested. And this is the guy that's reporting on it. Maybe you've never meditated before. You just wonder what's it all about. Because it is getting extremely popular right now. Since I've been doing the podcast, I have noticed... Uh, a lot of other, I guess, influencers, I guess you could call them, are getting on the meditation bandwagon, so to speak. And one of the warnings I like to give people is this. If you, if you have come to get the t-shirt, I meditated, uh, 
That's one thing. If you've come to really break through to understand the deepest aspects of yourself, who you are, why you are here, what is this all about? That's what this podcast points to. So a lot of talk about the practice doesn't really help much, but I do want to drop a few tips and tricks here for you. Last time, again, what we talked about was watching the breath as part of a way to be able to get yourself anchored. And I don't know if I talk too much on really, to me, this is what it became. You can call it what you will. I have practiced very little yoga in my life, but I have, I have done it at times. And there were some moments where I did it every day for a while. But I am definitely not a yogi in that aspect. So I can't speak too much on yoga itself. But I do know this. This is how I began to see, because I was crossing over into yoga land a little bit here and there, when I was living at a Zen center and doing a lot of meditating, because I was meditating so much, I had a lot of pain in my body. Because in the particular practice that I was doing, this is a seated meditation where you don't move and your eyes are open. You try to stay as still as you possibly can. And in the practice, you know, people can sit in the full lotus position or the half lotus. I sit in the the easy position where uh, my feet are parallel to one another and flat on my mat. And I'm sitting on a a very um, narrow zafu cushion. It's like a pillow. And a big zabuton, which is, you know, the, like a floor mat. And that's how I do it, because uh, I have some limitations as far as how I can move my knees because of previous injuries to them. As I was crossing over into yoga and using that so I could sit longer and just feel like I had a, a, a more in-tuned body to be able to sit in one particular position for many hours at a time, Believe me, there are breaks. It's not, we're going to sit for eight hours straight. (laughs) There are breaks. So I wanted to sit quieter and more comfortably, took up yoga. One day I had an aha moment and thought to myself, this is just a, a yoga pose. This is a single yoga position, just held without moving. That's what it feels like. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that and why I think it's important Because it can actually become a large part of the focus of your practice as a meditator when you're doing it in this particular style, Zazen. After you've done your breath work to get your mind quiet and you've settled in and you've got your position, you can continually check in on that positioning and tune it throughout the whole meditation time frame, which is about 40 minutes. And that can be a really wonderful tool of focus. It's just as you're watching your breath, as you're counting your breath, as you're becoming in tune with the breathing, and that is your main focus, you start to become hyper alert and hyper aware of your posture, where your head is in relation to your uh, back where your shoulders are in relation to your waist, etc. This is kind of a hard thing to talk about 
without having video, but I definitely have a, a, a face for radio, so I'm going to stick with that. And this is our modern form of radio. There are a lot of different videos out there that, that you can look at that show you how to do this particular seated meditation if you're interested in it. Basics of it are straight back. That's it. Straight back posture, soft front, nice, steady, solid back, chin tucked in. Relaxed shoulders. You can hold mudras if you want. There are many of different types. But this ability to be able to really hyper-focus on the posture can be helpful when the mind is racing or when you are feeling pain in your body or discomfort or boredom or you notice that you've attached yourself to some sort of memory from your childhood and you are actually replaying it vividly in your mind. You can simply bring your attention right back to your posture and begin to run through the check of your alignment. And we think of the, the posture itself, I like to think of myself as a little mini mountain where I have these three points, these three feet sticking out. <laughs> I don't have three feet, but you know what I mean. I'm talking about the points of the left knee, the right knee, and the tailbone. And that to me becomes that what's called the mountain seat. And I see those three points there anchoring me to the earth. And those three points will hold me. And then from there, I will come up and readjust and straighten my back the best that I can. Not forcing it, just aligning it. You can even picture what they call a, you know, a golden cord that comes up your spine, out through your crown chakra, up into the heavens, and it's just being held by this golden cord. That's another interesting thing to look into. And it's natural that when on that in-breath, it's really important, when you exhale, you're relaxing everything down into the mountain seat. Everything comes down into that seat. And as you pull your breath in slowly through your nose, what you're doing is from your feet up, you're pulling everything back into alignment. So it starts with your feet, and then it goes into your knees, you know, your sits bone, and it goes up your spine. You see your shoulders coming down, feeling them come down as you straighten up your back and your chest will, will come out a little bit when you do that, and your shoulders will naturally go back. And then on that exhale again, before I come up into my head, I'm going to check the, the tension in my shoulders and relax them, and then relax my belly. Feel the spine aligning from the, the sits bone. And that spine is just aligning all the way up, pulling my neck and my head straight. And then the last movement that I do is I pull my chin in a little bit, and then I recheck my mudra and where my hands are positioned. And next time we'll go a little bit more into what the mudra is. But thanks so much for tuning in this time. I hope these tips and tricks are helping you out. If you want to contact me, you can send me an email at 
aquietmind at gmail.com.